you know, when we talk about restorative justice, you know, a lot of times that comes in the form, you know, it comes in a monetary form. So it's not greedy of anyone. It's literally doing what it is that needs to be done to make sure that we can right the wrongs that have been done to a large majority of entertainers in the walk. That's all. Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. My name is Casey O'Hollick, and today on this episode, I meet with two leaders of the Milwaukee Drag Alliance, Linda Joe and Malaya Marble. The Milwaukee Drag Alliance was formed this summer to leverage BIPOC, AFAB, women, gender nonconforming, and trans representation in the drag community in Wisconsin. And while the Birch City team continues to encourage our listeners to stay home and stay safe in midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, it's also important to recognize the incredible behind-the-scenes work that is going on in our communities now. Continue listening to learn more about the Milwaukee Drag Alliance's work for a more equitable and fair drag community that we'll get to walk into in a post-COVID world. Hi, my name is Malaya Marple, and my pronouns are she, her, hers, and drag. And I have been a Milwaukee entertainer for going on six years. I'm a show director at Dick's Milwaukee, and within the Milwaukee Drag Alliance. I am on the leadership team and I um, take on the role of a moderator during any interactions that we will be having. My name is Linda Joe. I'm a drag queen here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I've been performing for about three and a half years and I am also part of the leadership team of the Milwaukee Drag Alliance. Excellent. Well, thank you so much to to both of you for being on the on Bridge the City. Um, I'm super stoked to learn a little bit more about the Milwaukee Drag Alliance and how we can support you all. Um, but I want to begin by talking about what the Milwaukee Drag Alliance is. Um, so, Linda, would you mind explaining kind of the origin story of the Milwaukee Drag Alliance? Yeah, for sure. The Milwaukee Drag Alliance started with a post, really. I was going to make a post about how I felt about what was happening in our drag community and how I felt like certain queens, certain cis white queens have displayed racist and transphobic and misogynistic views and it's gone unchecked. And from that group chat of about maybe seven queens, it turned into probably overnight a group of 40 queens as we started adding more people to the group. And that was the seed that kind of started um, the Milwaukee Drag Alliance. And when did you first um, start that group chat? Like what month, what time of year was it? It was actually not long after um, the big Chicago uh, drag town hall. It was it was early July. I want to say it was it may okay. have been like July 3rd. July 3rd. Okay. So I am not familiar with the Chicago um, drag town hall. Um, but am I to maybe make an inference that this came out of, um, the George Floyd protests around his murder and the black lives matter movement? Um, has that, did that influence this, the town hall and then your group chat? Yeah. In a lot of ways, um, once the murders of Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd caused the protests across our country, um, 
we started looking at racial disparities in all different areas. And um, I think the drag community is no exception. I think the black drag queens in Chicago um, had been experiencing, you know, a lot of things from this one particular really strong figure in their drag community that was a cis white queen. And they decided to call that person out and then have a town town hall to talk about all of the experiences they had. And um, yeah, it did. It started with the protests and the riots. Just echoing off of what Linda said, I think that was the catalyst because I think there was a sense of empowerment within, you know, um, queer black art as you know, a response to what we were seeing in the movement. And then also just um, from my understanding, there was a sentiment, there was not genuine um, concern being expressed by some of the uh, white entertainers in Chicago. There were a lot of queens who felt hurt by seeing them, you know, be proponents of uh, black causes when they were, you know, trending because of what was going on in the world. But in, you know, in the dark, in secret, they had been mistreating, you know, their black coworkers within the scene. So I think that helped people to, um, they didn't want to see that and they felt empowered by what was going on around them, contributed to what happened in Milwaukee and Chicago. Um, and so out of those conversations, Malaya, Linda, and their leadership team formed or wrote this open letter to the owners, management, and show directors of the LGBTQIA plus establishments in Milwaukee. Before we get into the conversation and the questions, um, I was hoping we could read the first three paragraphs um, to our audience. Are we starting from to the owners? Yeah, let's, let's start from there. Thank you. To the owners, management, and show directors of the LGBTQIA plus establishments in Milwaukee. We, the Milwaukee Drag Alliance, who entertain you and your patrons, seek to enrich our LGBTQIA plus community and your establishments with our art. We love contributing to our supportive and vibrant community through our performance and professionalism. Unfortunately, we have been hindered by a clear and growing lack of love, support, and professionalism by you and your establishments towards Black, Indigenous, and people of color trans-identified performers and performers who were assigned female at birth. We as members of the community and your entertainers have brought to your attention multiple accounts of hurtful, prejudiced, and unacceptable examples of transphobia, racism, and sexism committed by your establishments against the most vulnerable members of our community. Because of your power and position within our community, many of these acts of wrongdoing have gone dismissed, ignored, or unspoken. This cannot be allowed to continue any longer. We, the Milwaukee Drag Alliance, have collectively drafted this open letter to address the actions specific to Dick's, This Is It, and Hamburger Mary's. After so many transgressions against BIPOC, trans, and AFAB performers, with no real or meaningful collective action taken, the time has come to hold you accountable. Thank you for reading that out loud. That's, and it's an incredibly powerful letter and it can be found um, on Linda's Instagram. That's at L-E-N-D-A-J-O. Um, and many other drag queens in the city have also posted that letter. Um, and I think, you know, what's, what's so incredible about it is its depth and its willingness um, to meet the 
club owners where they are and also the community where they are while also pushing forward a agenda that serves the entire community. Um, so what can we start off by talking about what the demands of the drag alliance are? What, what kind of the nitty gritty details of what you are demanding? So um, our de- we made demands specifically for the bars named, but then we also made demands for all the LGBT bars and establishments in um, our community. And I think some of those are kind of the most, or people understand or grasp easily, the ones that will ring true no matter what, and the ones we really hope to accomplish with every establishment. Um, You know, like ensuring, so the demands that we made for all the bars were ensure BIPOC, AFAB, women, gender nonconforming, and trans representation at all levels of management, staffing, and casting. Um, And I think that's important because there was really a lack, and and, in a lot of ways still is a lack of diversity when it comes to drag shows and bar staff. There's usually almost exclusively cis white gay men working in the bars and a lot of the shows um, that you may go to on any given weekend will have a cast with maybe one person of color and that's starting to change now and I think it's really really changed in the bars that are having shows now because of our letter. That's great. That's great. The other d- demands um, for all venues in Milwaukee are enacting a diversity, equity, inclusion training for all staff and company stakeholders on an ongoing basis and are developing and implementing clear action plans to address implicit and overt racism and transphobia from employees and patrons. Um, establishing transparency systems to show all pay structures for all special guests and performers, identifying cease, identify cease and desist of all microaggressions directed towards um, Black, Indigenous, people of color, and trans-identified people, be they staff, performers, or otherwise, and remove selective rosters that dispar- disproportionately tokenize and disenfranchise trans and AFAB performers. Um, and so one of the comments you just made, Linda, was that in as we, like, are moving forward, you're seeing that change um, because of the letter. I'm, I'm assuming that uh, the, the the bar scene, the club scene in Milwaukee, um, hasn't been able to really take off, considering we're still we're still kind of tackling this pandemic. Um, but c- can you talk a little bit about the changes that you've seen thus far, or maybe Malaya, if you wouldn't mind as well? Yeah. I did. I did really quick want to rephrase that yes. answer because when you ask for the nitty gritty, like the nitty gritty is. We want to see more inclusion in all aspects of the LGBTQ nightlife. That's basically what it boils down to is uh, inclusion and inclusion without any type of microaggression, discrimination, or mistreatment. Malaya, I know that you've recently been or moved to Madison, but I'm assuming that you're still um, very much involved in this scene in Milwaukee. Um, I know the pandemic's all affected us and there hasn't been as many shows or as many entertainment spots um, and clubs, bars. Have you been, have you seen that difference as, as well, that more inclusivity? Oh yeah, definitely. Looking at the um, show posters and, you know, the invitations that I've been getting, to, you know, go to different uh, events that are actually still happening. 
when I look at the cast, there are entertainers who are from all different walks of life and different representations. And we weren't really seeing a lot of that before. Like we would um, just being frank, uh, diversity at a drag show in Milwaukee for a while was okay. We'll have our regular standard four to five cis white male entertainers and we'll throw in a Latin girl this time or we'll do the same formula, except instead of the Latin girl, we'll throw the black girl in now. And um, for the first few years that I was working in Milwaukee, you really didn't see any AFAB performers or drag kings even performing. And we've seen that change um, within the past couple of years. We were starting to build that up um, at the venues. But now, since these letters have come out, I've seen a lot of entertainers who have deserved shots um, get their shot now because they want to have that inclusion. Yeah, I think a lot of um, in light of the Black Lives Matter movement and the civil rights movement more broadly since maybe 2014, um, diversity and inclusion almost so like looks like reaching quotas and having and tokenizing one person of color um, for the benefit of saying like, this is diverse, right? Um, and moving from that in space, and that's a very toxic environment to something that is reflective of the community that you're in. We're a minority majority city here. Um, it makes it's it's good to obviously have that representation represented in our creative and arts establishments. Um, but these conversations that you're having and, and the, the topics that we're talking about, they, they're not always front of mind to um, maybe managers bartenders, people in the creative industry. Um, and I think what really impressed me about the letter, the open letter to the um, establishments is that you made a point to list and describe several vocab words um, before you began the letter. So you define disenfranchise, microaggression, tokenism, transparency, virtue signaling, signaling, excuse me. Um, whose idea was that and how did that end up in the letter? Linda, correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say we did have the uh, wording there and another local entertainer. Was that Birdie that went in and defined them? Yeah. So, um, once we drafted the letter um, within the group, we reached out to um, a friend of ours in the community who is a cis white queen, but is definitely an ally. And um, they're a perfectionist and one of those people who look for details. And once they read through the letter, they, they suggested it would be a good idea for us to put in definitions so that any layperson who's reading it would be able to understand it. And that was Miss um, Birdie. Shout out to Miss Birdie. Yeah. We also have a perfectionist on our team and I love sending her things that we've created because it just comes back to us so beautiful with all these edits. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> so thank you to the birdies of the world for making us sound so incredibly eloquent. Um, I want to ask a little bit, some questions about you know, what's happened since that letter. But I want to note that um, in the first page of that letter, again, you reference the power and position of bar establishments in the Milwaukee area, noting that the acts of wrongdoing have gone dismissed, ignored, and unspoken. And you state that this cannot be continued 
this cannot be allowed to continue any longer. Um, and you know that you reference the the power and the position of these bar establishments in Milwaukee. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you're leveraging your power and position as a community? Maybe this is why the letter was public, um, why there was a specific call out to the three bars. How are you leveraging your power? Um, and Malaya, I'll go to you first. Um, specifically for me, what I've seen in the scene is that when there are issues of maybe inequality or queens have concerns about how people are being treated a certain way, entertainers, um, when it's one or two people speaking, it can sometimes be viewed as, well, they're just the complainers. They're just the, you know, they're here to cause trouble and, you know, you get a, a lot of pushback. So I think what was different this time around in terms of leverage is that we knew if we wanted to actually affect any actual change, we needed to gather everyone together, no matter which bar you work at, you know, um, which, you know, type of drag you do, whatever the case may be. As drag entertainers, we all needed to come together and be one moving unit so that we were able to actually say, hey, you need to pay attention to this. This is important. It's not just one person who seems to have an issue with something. This is actually something that's affecting multiple people. And we want you to understand why it affects us. Kind of echoing what what Malaya said, when a black queen speaks up or a trans or, um, you know, a male performer speaks up of like a male presenting like a drag king performer speaks up about some sort of injustice or discrimination or mistreatment that they've had it's often viewed as or framed as starting drama. And I think that's kind of like coded language, you know, when someone from a minority group speaks up about something that affects them and it's met with, oh, they're just trying to start drama. And I think the reason why we needed to have a large number of queens on that list and we needed to have the support of multiple queens throughout the community was because we wouldn't be listened to on our own. I can say it was leverage, but it was more so for credibility, you know, because if I said it alone or if Malaya said it alone, they wouldn't take, we wouldn't have any credibility. We needed those names on the list for credibility and to force the bars to pay attention to us and not just cast it off. as just us trying to start drama or you know, create drama in the drag scene or the gay community. And even though we did have a lot of names on the list, and we do have a lot of names that are support, a lot of queens and kings in the scene supporting us, there are still queens that aren't necessarily on the same page as us and, you know, feel like still to this day feel like what we did and what we're trying to do is some source of creating drama and, uh, or that we're just trying to, we've been accused of doing this just for bookings, which is not an issue that I face or Malai faces or others face. But I mean, it's part of it, but that's not why we did it. And it's so much deeper than just getting a booking at a drag show. It's the experiences that we have with these people in these places that cause us to do this. I just want to piggyback off of what Linda said. like. It there's been this big pushback about bookings and in the face of saying bookings, I'd rather look at it as booking equity because or 
of course, people who work in the scene, who are putting their time and energy into their art and they're going out here and they're not getting the same fair shake that other entertainers are getting, they're going to want to be able to be brought in on this, you know, quote unquote piece of the pie or this movement. It's not it's not fair to look down on them and say, oh, well, they're just doing this because they want bookings. They don't actually care about um, what it is that they're doing. No. What what are we looking for? then? You know, when we talk about restorative justice, you know, a lot of times that comes in the form, you know, it comes in a monetary form. So it's not greedy of anyone. It's literally doing what it is that needs to be done to make sure that we can right the wrongs that have been done to a large majority of entertainers in Milwaukee. That's all. No, I appreciate that. And um, are you like, is there some sort of dialogue that you're having with the queens and kings who don't agree with you? Is that still an open, is there still open dialogue between you guys? Well, and, and uh, we've been blocked, um, unfriended. <laughs> um, a lot of things have kind of transpired. So there isn't right now, there isn't a conversation happening between us and the queen that oppose what we're trying to do. Sure. I hope that, you know, potentially they, maybe they listen to this or um, they see you all out performing um, and that we can remember that the pie slices don't get smaller. The pie just gets, gets bigger. Um, one thing that um, I think Linda, you, you mentioned was that, the, the credibility and have, you know, banding together as this group to force bars and the bars and clubs to pay attention. Now, this letter was publicly posted about six weeks ago, and you gave owners five days to respond. Um, and you, you have, you gave the owners of Dick's, This Is It, and Hamburger Mary's um, all five days to respond. Have you, have you gotten response from them or what have those conversations been like? We got a response from each bar on through social media on Facebook um, within 24 hours. Um, and the response from This Is It was um, very meticulous and well thought out. And they, you know, they had a four page um, letter in response to our letter. And we got a post and support from Dix, from Dix, Milwaukee. Um, that said that they were willing to listen and talk and make changes. And then we got a post from the owner of Hamburger Mary's initially saying that everything we said was a lie and he disagrees and we're stating falsehoods. It was, it was a lot. Um, I don't even think in his post, Malaya, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that he even suggested that he would be willing to take part in what we said he kind of just tried to to reframe it in in a way where he and his establishment at hamburger mirrors they haven't they don't know what we're talking about and they think that they're doing a great job and they don't see the issue i think he did mention well i think it was more so i don't know if it was actually how he was feeling but he had mentioned, well, we should have just had a private conversation and that he was open to that. But that should have happened prior to anything that was said, you know, publicly. And from there, we have had some slight interactions um, speaking on you know, uh, how open they are to having a conversation. 
and some talks have been had, but it more so it seems that uh, there isn't much interest on their side. Yeah, use use her answer, not mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so he did. He referenced that you know this could have been handled with a phone call, and I think um, I don't think he would have answered the call. But um, since we released the letter and the three bars responded on social media. We've, we've had some form of contact with all three bars, but we are moving forward with meetings with This Is It and Dick's Milwaukee. Um, the meeting for, the meeting with This Is It will happen before, probably before this podcast comes out. And hopefully we'll have the meeting with Dick scheduled pretty soon here within the next week or two. So it sounds like you have some good conversations coming up um, and you will be attempting to righting these wrongs. And I think we all know that these things don't happen overnight, um, but we are so glad that um, that you both and your leadership team, the um, Milwaukee Drag Alliance stood up and said this so publicly. Um, What can bar goers, average Joe who's going out, um, what should we be looking for? Um, and how do we support an equitable and diverse, inclusive dry community in Milwaukee? Um, and then my last question after that one is what action steps you have? So these might go together, but I get my first question, of course, again, is how can regular bar goers support the MKE Drag Alliance? One way they can support us, and I think this may even go into an action step, is to, if you see something, say something. Like if you see one of your friends or or one of the queens or one of the staff being disparaging or saying something that may that is a microaggression to speak up on it and to also be aware of what you say and do um, that may come off as offensive to BIPOC or trans people. Well, like I said before, I think the best way that you can show support, especially for an art form, is to show um, monetary support. I mean, drag queens, they invest their time, money, effort into their art, and they're usually giving it away for free. And we're not saying this to be like, oh, you need to pay such and such as bills, this is that, whatever. No, um, it's just to you know help them be able to keep doing what they are doing if you like what you see. Also, just show up and show your um, physical support. When owners and establishments see that um, queens are able to be an aid to their business, we're going to be able to get better deals for drag queens. And we're going to be able to um, allow them to bring a new and refined version of what it is that they do because they're going to have that support. And last but not least, just echoing off of what Linda said, support us, you know, um, socially. We have to uh, all be active in fostering an environment that includes everyone. So like Linda said, if you see something, say something. If you uh, even hear disparaging things about an entertainer that you think might um, reflect badly on entertainers who identify a certain way, all you know, maybe that's something you talk to staff about and be like, well, I really like seeing such and such entertainer. I appreciate that you have such a diverse scene. And, you know, dropping those little gems are things that... Uh, allow um, people who may not understand drag as a whole, if they're on management or their owner or whatever the case may be, they'll understand it from their customers because at the end of the day, that's what's paying their bills.
Thank you to Malaya and Linda Joe for joining us. And of course, thank you for listening. If you want to stay up to date on how you can best get involved in your Milwaukee community, subscribe from wherever you get podcasts to get new episodes dropped into your feed. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support our work, consider also becoming a patron of ours on Patreon. We're all still volunteers here at Bridge to City, but your support helps make it easier for us to keep building the Bridge to City community. Bridge the city, the city, the city.